Hello, hello. Welcome everyone to the Aussie Queens. And today we've got an extra special episode for you because we are going to be, oops, all Teddy cast, recapping his first TV appearance on Love Island season one. Joining me, and I couldn't do this with anyone else, our Lord High Sexecutioner. It is the wonderful Sarah Carradine. How are you? Hello, I'm so happy to talk about Tiddles. His oh. mummy calls him Tiddles. <laughs> and he said to a girl, don't tell anyone. My mother calls me Tiddles. It's like, Teddy, you're on national television. <laughs> Teddy did not disappoint, I have to say. He did not. I was worried that he was either going to be awful, which he wasn't, or boring, which he wasn't. He was a little embryo stallion a, a stallion in the making he was i mean he was barely there he was only with us for a few episodes and let me assure you listeners this was 30 hours of love island that we watched collectively for you it was a lot teddy was in there for maybe 10 hours if i'm being generous but he didn't make a lot of impact while he was there. I'm really glad that he was able, though, to use that as a launching platform for his successful scam so that we could see him really shine as a stallion on exactly. the amazing race. Yes. <laughs> I mean, very interestingly, we see the embryo Teddy with his um, most important relationships are with the blokes. He loves a bloke. He's a real uh man pal. I was thinking maybe, Sarah, could we call him a bromosexual? We, oh, uh, 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 oh, that's brilliant. Love I it. Think Teddy has a real knack for finding one of the most toxic men in the area, forming a very powerful bromance and letting that really define uh, his direction on a season. And that's why I do think Teddy makes a great bromosexual. He is a bromosexual, perfect. I mean, well, perhaps we should talk about it that uh, this at the end, but where to now for the amazing racer, the stallion, the scammer, the teddles? Does he do another show? Let, we can talk about that at the end. I would love to see Teddy on another show. Maybe Teddy on the challenge. Um, nothing that's too mentally challenging for, for our buddy because let me mm. tell you, we do see some of the uh, <laughs> some of the red flags for him that are yes. going to come up with the accidents later down the line. Now, listen, don't be disrespectful. <laughs> I did write down a few things that that Teddle said, and the first one that I wrote down was disrespectful, which I just thought, oh, Teddy. The problem with the challenge is there are mental there are mental challenges. There are, but Grant, who's going to be a big character this season, ultimately goes on to win, was on the Challenge Australia, went on to compete in um, the Challenge World Championships before being medically evacuated in the first episode. If For Grant is, <laughs> If Grant is intelligent enough to survive the Challenge. True. And True. I do believe... But Johnny Bananas, who will soon be seeing in um, the Traitors USA, answered in one particular challenge trivia comp that the 
main language spoken in Australia is Dutch. I actually oh. think Teddy could thrive. Maybe in that Teddy environment. could thrive. And you put him together with a smart girly, away he yes. would go. Yes. Yes. I mean, it must be said that that we adore Troy, who won the Challenge Australia, a uh, good friend of, friend of the pod, Sean Bryan. Uh, they were Australian ninjas together. So I've always been very fond of Troy uh, from the Challenge Australia. Uh, rang a representation. We've gone off the rails. Annabelle, bring us back on onto, onto the rails, onto the island, onto the flamingo. Okay. So... I'm going to give everyone a bit of a recap. It, it's not until day 21 that <laughs> we are blessed through the, through the <laughs> that we are blessed with Teddy. So there's quite a bit of context setting for us to go through until then. And and Sarah, again, don't say I don't love you. Deliver you an love Christmas me. present. Thank you. I put in the 16 hours of labour to get us to where we were. so let She laboured you... for 16 hours, listeners. She has brought <laughs> forth a recap, a little like behind that. the scenes. She said to me, don't worry, just, just start with when Teddy arrives. And I said, thank you so much. <laughs> there is, however, some important context that you all need to be across with some, some real key characters that will set the stage for when Teddy arrives. Um, so within this Love Island house, there's a very firm divide that starts appearing early on. And that's mostly blondes versus brunettes or the Silicon Sisters, because the blondes also mostly happen to have um, breast implants and they refer to themselves as the Silicon Sisters versus the brunettes. Um, and this, this the really big starts the big naturals or the small, the small, the small naturals. naturals. Yes. They're small naturals. Um, we love them all. Um, all the boobs. So, Everyone loves boobs. Straight men, oh, gay men, straight women, gay women, non-binary. Everybody loves a boob. Yeah. Boobs universally beloved, unlike a lot of the contestants we have here. Correct. So there's a couple of couples that we need to get to know. And the first couple is Eden and Erin. Eden yeah, very, like, screaming red flags, Eden and Erin. Eden is, like, a prison guard or something along those lines. Yes, he's a Aaron, corrections officer. <laughs> there we go. Erin <laughs> is a nurse um, and one of those nurses. She's Nurse Ratchet. Yes. So Eden's sort of main personality traits are toxic masculinity, aggression, um and just basically big abuser energy. Erin is also quite aggressive. Um, she's very, very possessive. If Eden so much as looks at another woman, then Erin pops off. Okay, so they're that couple. Now, just, yes. just, just put in perspective how bad this couple are. They are the only couple who started on day one and finished still together, and they still lose to the couple that everybody knows is fake, okay? So that, let, that brings us on to the love triangle, which is the other pair that you really need to know about. So we have Grant Crap. Yes, that's his yes. real name. double P. You may know Grant from the challenge. And Grant starts out the game 
uh, hooked up with this blonde curly haired girl called Cassidy. Um, now they're all, oh my God, we're obsessed with each other. We're together forever for two days. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which is when Grant realizes that he's actually got the hots for Taylor. Taylor, by all means, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And she's, she, she's pretty clear with Grant, Sarah. Um, you know, she, she says, look, yeah, keen on you, but you've, you've got to go and have this conversation with Cassidy because you're telling Cass that you're really into her, that you're writing this whole game with her. Like you actually have to go and break up with her before we start something. Grant's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Then he goes to Cassidy. Oh, isn't it so annoying how Taylor's all over me? Oh, but don't worry, Cass, you and I are number one. Okay, well, well, Grant, you actually need to go and tell Taylor that it's making you feel uncomfortable how she's all over you. Oh, oh, it's so annoying how Cass is being all p- possessive when I'm really into you, Taylor. It's a nightmare, okay? Grant does not handle the situation at all. He does nothing. In the end, the girls compare notes, realize he's playing them both, have a big fight with him. And both of them still end up siding with Grant. I don't know. But he kind of blindsides Cassidy Mm. at the the, um, coupling ceremony when he chooses Taylor. And this causes a major fight in the house where the blondes and the Silicon sisters all side with Big Naturals Cassidy. And the brunettes all side with Taylor and Grant. They're the small naturals. Okay. Right. So things get a little bit spicy. That's all you really need to know at this point. There's some drama along the way. There's a lot of talking about being here for the right reasons. Oh my God. There's a lot of talking about deserving. I have to just stop down for a moment. Erin's a nightmare. Erin is a fucking nightmare. Uh, Quite apart from anything else, she's very pleased with herself. She thinks she's very funny. Uh, But she did give me. The most pleasure, if I may, if I may put it this way, where she, quite late in the game, asks Grant to remind her of his surname in front of one of the in front of one of the intruders. She really just wants Grant to have to say that his name is Crap, C R A P P. Grant, of course, uh, needs to pass that name on. He and his brother must procreate. And he says, you know, the woman will have to take my name. I mean, I would never take a chick's name. It's like, mm, Grant, source goose, source gander. Mm. But Erin reveals that her last name is Fuller, that they should get married so her name would be Erin Fuller Crap. Erin, <laughs> you got me. I hate you, but you got me. <laughs> Amazing. Truly, truly amazing. Truly amazing. I that came out of nowhere, more... sank back into the sea, never to be. That wit was never seen again. No. No no one is more full of crap, let me tell you, than Grant. Mm-hmm. So th- there's some dramas, as I said. Natasha's the only person, I think, who is actually there for the right reasons, which was to find a man with a yacht. Um, unfortunately, none of those come in, so she's out fairly early. We have probably the most likable man, Justin, who goes out reasonably early as well because he's likable doesn't cut it. Likable no, no, no. does not cut it. Quote, he's camp. 
the women find him too feminine and he gets the boot um Cassidy starts having a bit of a freak out after the whole um you know being dumped by Grant of it all to begin with there's some public and house sympathy but she ends up kind of just going all over the place trying to match with anyone and then gets booted by Australia we should note listeners this is very Australian in that it's a bit of a hybrid some of who goes and who stays is dependent on who's left out at the recoupling ceremonies. But there's a lot of shameless money grabbing by um, the channel where you can text in to save your favorites or text in to say who you want to go. So in the end, we lose Cassidy. But what you also need to understand, okay, and a person who's important when um, our blessed Teddy enters the arena is a woman called Millie. Now, Millie's on the small naturals side of the house. She She's a brunette. Um, and we lose a lot of newbies along these 16 hours because basically a man will come into the house. Um, they will decide that they're, you know, interested in whoever, have a date with them. Then Millie will decide she's a bit interested in them too. There'll be a flirtation. The man always seems to decide that Millie's the fun, flirty one and the other girl's just boring. So they ditch her to hook up with Millie. And then after about 30 seconds, Millie finds some reason she hates them. In fairness, they're all hateable and they get the boot. And a lot of women go out this way because they're ditched by the guy. A lot of men go out this way because they're ditched by Millie. She's really the black widow of the house. Fantastic. She's amazing. So... Something that we need to keep in mind, and the last thing we need to keep in mind before the arrival of Teddy, at about the the halfway point, so just before Teddy enters, um, it gets out to the public that Grant, who is now in a very stable relationship with Taylor. There's only two stable couplings in the house. That's Toxic, Eden and Erin, and then Grant and and Taylor Controversial. It comes out in the public that Grant has a live-in girlfriend and has had this whole time that he has gone on to the show to raise publicity for his clothing line, that his girlfriend is currently running back home um this is sort of raised briefly in the house during a game where they're given um true or false news headlines and and grant denies it as categorically false um as soon as they are out of the house and we'll sort of talk about that afterwards but he does get back together with this girlfriend they are married with children to this day um but this is this is all going on as Teddy Licious enters the scene. Sarah, how did he how did he enter our our hearts and minds? His entrance is the best. The best. So good. Because so as good. listeners who know the show will know, you know, there's an announcement, oh, two new boys are coming in, or two new girls are coming in this is the parlance of the show and they'll arrive and they will be allowed to ask someone for a date or there's some excitement they know that there's a new boy coming 
but there's going to be a white party uh, and they're all dancing beside the pool. Of course, anyone who knows anything about television production knows that there's no music. Uh, so it's always very amusing to go, yeah, there wasn't any music when you were doing that. It's partly why it's in slow motion. There's a DJ booth uh, with a wonderful DJ up there in black with sunglasses and earphones and the sharp-eyed among us, Annabelle and myself included, go, that's our tittles. They get a text, the new boy is already in the house. Ah, shock. They all turn, Tittles takes off his glasses. Here I am. Ah, adorable. Oh, Teddy-licious. And he really took to heart the phrase, the bigger the hair, the closer to God, because that kind of uh, soft mohawk situation he's got, he's really only got hair on the top part of his head, but he has teased that up to the high heavens, Sarah. And lacquered it like Elvis. Oh, it's just beautiful and, and honestly necessary. Because if there's anything that we've learned in this house, it's that being tall is everything. There's already one man in the house, Josh, who's been really suffering because he's only six foot one. Teddy is the shortest man in the house at around 5'8", five, 5'9", five, and he really needs those extra inches with the hair. It's smart. Absolutely. Clever dressing. Clever dressing. <laughs> However, Teddy, as we all know, hot, not smart, Sarah. Hot, not he smart. And in a house full of hot boys. I mean, it's not a competition, but it's a competition. There's a lot of competition. There's a very sad, I know that you're going to take us there, but there's a very sad game they all play where he keeps getting, you know, number five out of five for hotness, number five out of five for, for abs, number five out of five for the person that you want to go out with, number five out of five for the person you want your girlfriend to go out with. And he takes it all in very good heart. Oh, Teddy. Worst Teddy. abs on the island as Worst voted by on the, island. the public and the contestants. <laughs> I mean, the boys got abs, but they are no match for the other abs. I mean, look, it must be said, all the boys who've been in the villa all this time, I mean, there's nothing to do but work out and talk to each other because, God forbid, a boy would speak to a girl that he's not coupled up with. Apparently, in Love Island law, you are not allowed to do that. Absolutely not. And let me tell you, it will cause violence. There has already been a fight in the house at the point Teddy arrives. The two toxic men in a sea of toxic men, Eden and Grant, have gone to blows um, as they view their women as possessions that need to be punched over. And, and it's this, not the last time they're going to be physically assaultive on each other again. They love physically assaulting each other and also women if we cover some of the postseason allegations. Um, so... Teddy arrives, and as part of his new boy, he's the new boy in town, privileges, he gets to pick someone <laughs> to go on a date with. And Teddy must have a death wish, Sarah, because 
he chooses Aaron. Now, he knows, having watched the show up to this point, it's it's airing live in Australia, that Aaron and the very violent, aggressive Eden are in a close coupleship. What he doesn't seem to truly understand is that Aaron's actually a possession of Eden. So he needed to go to Eden and ask permission to borrow his toy before he went and played with it. Because, because Aaron doesn't mind, does not mind that they went on a date. That was no problem. No problem. No problem, mate, that you went on the date. That's not the problem. What was the problem, Annabelle? The problem was you didn't come and shake my hand and look me in the eye and ask. I mean, it's yes, 2023. Um, well, mm. 2020 at so the time. So he didn't ask. He didn't ask. He didn't ask. It was very gross. I mean, he basically says, I like Erin because she's funny. And Erin just gives him the lowdown on the house and agrees to be his wing woman. But this doesn't stop Eden from getting all up in Teddy's face, basically letting Teddy know, I hate you. Well, having to bend down, having to bend down to get in Teddy's face, it must be said. down in Teddy's face and basically tells him I'm going to make your time in this house a living hell and in fairness he does stick to that promise Mm -hmm. well after all Teddy is going to go over on the brunette side of the divide he is going to be siding with the small naturals um and you know what fair call to him that said um Teddy does um side politically with the small naturals but he does end up in the first time he has the option to pair with somebody um pairing up with a lovely lady called mac mac is blonde um and mac is on the blonde silicon sisters side of the house mac is very tall Mac is very tall, so tall that it was a deal breaker that someone was only six foot one. This is not going to work out for Teddy. None of the women are going to work out for Teddy. He tries and gives spoiler, spoiler, Francoise, Francoise a go at some point. There is a girl called Francoise. She doesn't say anything for, she's not there for 30 hours, but for all the hours she's there, she says nothing. Apart from it's pronounced Francoise when anyone calls her Francois. You really missed, I know, the Francoise of it all killed me inside. Well, it's so weird because Francoise is the ma- is the male name in French. For those of you who don't speak French, yes. Francois is for the girl and Francoise is for the man. But, you know, it's 2023. Who am I to say that people can't be called things? And if she wants it's to be Francoise, it's, it's excuse me, you said my name wrong. It's Francoise. Now, yeah, you probably didn't get a lot of time, Sarah, with Francoise. So let me give you a little bit of background here. Francoise was unfortunately one of our victims to the Millie effect, mm-hmm. um, where you know she was sort of shacked up with this guy who then decided he was into Millie, who Millie decided she was into, and then promptly dumped, leaving Swan. Francois. A millisecond later. <laughs> but, the, you know, in the end, despite trying it on with Mac, Francoise and Millie, poor old Teddy 
doesn't end up finding a woman to love at all. Mac agrees to be besties with him and kind of pair up with him to keep them in the game as as mates, but it's bromosexual all the way, really. It is, and it must be said he doesn't seem that sad about it. I think he knew exactly why he was on the show, exactly why he was on the show. And I think that the producers were absolutely, because I was thinking, oh, where's Teddy, where's Teddy? Because I did watch a, a bit of the first 15 hours and then I was given permission by my queen in front of me here to skip to the Teddy Sodes. And I must say that, that the production made a very good choice of putting him in halfway through. I think they knew pretty much that he was there for fun, that he was there to raise his, let's say, profile uh, and not, not really there for what the other islanders would call the right reasons, but I would call the right reasons. He is there for the right reasons, to be on the show, to raise his profile and, uh, you know, to have some tape to show. Look, look, this is what I do and this is how I look on television. Absolutely. And let it be known, audience, one of the strongest voices on the Right Reasons camp is our man, Grant Fuller Crap. Grant. And Grant, Grant Fuller Crap with literally. the live-in girlfriend and the idea that they got back together after the end of the show, uh, they never parted. Full of crap. Um, so, <laughs> so he's brewing it down and... Teddy and Grant full of crap are tight. You know, these these yes. two are besties in the small naturals camp. Um, and and Teddy really steps up. And I, I enjoyed this bit, Sarah. Eden at this point is becoming a real problem in the house, getting very toxic. I think it's gonna have to be removed. I actually thought when is the moment that the producers remove him? That's sort of how, I mean, we're talking about it quite lightly, but there were a couple of moments with Eden where I thought, uh, a producer's going to have to step in and take him out of the house. The villa, sorry, the villa. He would get in the women's face. He would get actually physically violent with the men. He um, made Teddy cry. He, he made, made Teddy cry. Teddy cry. Teddy cheerful Teddy Teddles, Teddy Teddy Bear, Teddy who's no sexual threat to any of the men. He bullied him so badly that Teddy had to come into a confessional, try to talk to us and actually end up crying. And I thought, I mean, we love Teddy, but also you, you knew exactly what you were doing. And the brilliant thing, I know I'm jumping ahead, sorry, Annabelle, you're taking us through step by step, but... The brilliant thing that Teddy did was he went and asked Aaron, as I say, pulled Aaron to speak to him and told Aaron how he felt about how Aaron had treated him, that he had bullied him and that it wasn't acceptable. And Aaron kind of gruffly said, oh, well, it was a joke and I just said that and I just said that. I don't care if he gets an apology or not and almost like Teddy didn't care, the important thing for Teddy was to go and front this big blonde bully and just say, you bullied me and it's not acceptable. And I thought, wow. And then the producers aired it. So I thought, okay, all right, there's a little there's a little activist there in the editing room. Absolutely. And 
Eden. Eden is the man. Erin is oh, the sorry, woman. Oh, sorry. I said Erin. I, I said Erin. Oh. <laughs> I meant Almost Eden, the but they're the same. They're the same. They're the same. Exactly they're the same. The same. And sorry. you're right. He, he, it was Eden, the man who bullied Teddy, stood over him, used his height, cut him down verbally. I mean, it was just, it was really disgusting. Um, so and disgusting. then, yes, as I say, Teddy pulled Eden and Eden sort of glanced halfway at an apology. Yeah. So we sort of see the small naturals men rally together. Teddy has really strong relationships with a lot of the men in the house. As, as a leading bromosexual, he's great at getting the boys together. Corey is another man who's very briefly in the house. He never comes Corey up. with a K. Corey with a K, he gets millified um, and is basically out as quickly as he comes. But but Corey also stands up to Eden and kind of Corey and Teddy, along with, with Grant, who, who frankly is almost as bad as Eden and, and Grant's always coming at um, Eden with the fists rather than the words. But But both Corey and Teddy do confront Eden about the situation and Teddy in the most mature way. And I thought, you know what? All these years ago, Sarah, Teddy, still a role model for Corey with a C these years later. Just so good. Have we mentioned that we love Teddy? I thought I was going to come into this season and much like yes. you're going to experience um, in the Harry Jousey Chronicles, I thought we were going to see him in a negative light. I feared. I feared we were going to see him being a, an F boy. I feared we were going to see him dumb, being dumb. He was dumb, but he was sort of delightfully dumb. He's funny. He's bromantic. He's a bromosexual. He's warm. People are just drawn to Teddy. I mean, he's been there five minutes and he's been on lounges with half the boys and half the girls. They just, there's something about him that is is quite magnetic. And you can see why. He's very sort of open. He's very emotionally available. Um, you know, I just, I, I just thought it was... I worried I had my heart in my mouth half the time and then I then I relaxed and thought, no, Teddy's perfect in every way, yeah. in this show, in this sea of deplorables. Yeah, like, audience, you've got to understand that we are dealing with a pool of people here with very low IQ, very low EQ um, and profoundly immature for their age. And in this sea of people, Teddy does shine. Yes. yes. Is actually one of the more reasonable, mature and emotionally intelligent human beings. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's a, there's a scene where the, the boys are instructed by production to make the girls breakfast in bed and the girls are sort of waiting for their breakfast in bed and one by one each boy brings in the breakfast in bed. And one of the girls later says, I can't believe he did that for me. It was just so lovely and thoughtful. And it's like, girl, they were told to do it. They were, and you know that, and you know they were told to do it. It's not like production disguised it as, oh, the boys all got together in the kitchen and decided that they'd do it. We know that they were told to do it. The girls know, and yet it was, oh my God, I can't believe it, what he did for me. And later when Grant is going to propose to, what's her name? Taylor. Grant and Taylor. 
because we have two proposals. Uh, calm down, listeners. They're proposing that they be boyfriend-girlfriend, and it's a huge deal. Uh, when Grant proposes to Taylor, he <laughs> gives himself away because he says, here's a box which I put together for you, and here's this bracelet which I bought for you, and here's this soap which I bought for you because I thought of you. It's like, yeah, Grant, we all know you didn't do any of it, so it's okay. You can stop saying that you did it. Taylor, he gives her a ring. <laughs> it's cheap piece of shit. Um, sorry, I'm talking about Grant being the cheap piece of shit, not the <laughs> ring. Um, look, I was sorry for her, but also she has an, a very finely honed line in passive aggression. Yes. She is a narcissist, I'm sorry to say, and when she finds out in the um, fake news that Grant has a girlfriend but it's said to be fake and there's a moment where her eyes light with the knowledge, she knows, she knows he has a girlfriend but she decides to play it for um, everything she's worth, which will, will be $50,000 shared with him eventually, spoiler, but also so that she can be hurt, so that she can be hurt by him, so that she can show Australia how hurt she is. She, I mean, Erin, unbearable, but one thing Erin is, she is a colossal narcissist as well, but we never see her sulking, turning away, having to be, having to be coaxed, having to express the deep depth of her hurt feelings because she just starts laughing. She starts doing it and then she laughs. So much though I detest her and, and all, all like her, there is something a little sparky about Erin that I appreciated where Taylor just looks sad the whole time, the whole time, put upon, hard done by, hurt, discarded, disrespected. <laughs> no. Very disrespected. Disrespected. Um, I, I actually, I kind of agree with you. I felt like there was no charisma from Grant and Taylor. I mean, if it's between Grant and Taylor, Eden and Aaron, I understand why Australia voted for them. But I did feel like the other couple who we haven't mentioned because they don't really, like, she, Amelia does not enter the house until very late in the game. But she couples up with Josh, who's probably like the the protagonist of the season really um and and really they were the only healthy his flavor is decent bloke that's his flavor and um spoiler alert they're really the only couple that survive in the outside world they go on to date for four years um only breaking up last year so and I want I want to circle back on Erin. I wasn't I wasn't going to say this, Sarah, but I I feel compelled to. Um, and if, Spill. if you're yeah, skip ahead a couple of minutes, audience. If if you're sensitive to con uh, conversations around domestic violence, um, I'm not going to be graphic about it. But I I did feel for Erin, and I had compassion for her because she was really young coming into this. She's in her early twenties. And she alluded to how awful her previous relationships were, um, what she was looking for in a man, which was that aggression, that domineering. To me, everything was giving signs that she is a victim survivor of violence. Um, and we do, again, this becomes an issue postseason. 
to, the way she lashes out and is constantly on that on the front foot for conflict to me was signaling that this is something she needed to go and get therapy for and, and was a self-defense mechanism rather than her necessarily inherently being a bad person. Yeah, it's a, it's a hypervigilance that that one can recognise so that nobody can do anything because there's a hypervigilance to, to things that may escalate later because of her experiences in the past of small things escalating. Therefore, currently or currently four years ago, she would lash at a moment that she recognised um, and, uh, yeah, that hypervigilance. I hope she has managed to find some peace with that. Me too. Um, and we, we will talk to where she's at in her life now later. Um, but back to the Teddy of it all. So Teddy. Oh, Teddy, bless his little heart. So we're getting to Teddy's final, final moment, final settling and at this point everyone's in their permanent couples now and Teddy Teddy and Mac they're together they're bromosexualing together um and we find out Australia has voted the two couples with the least votes are Mac and Teddy shame on you Australia and then Millie and her latest victim who goes by the name of Mark, has terrifying veneers. Terrifying. Glow in the dark. Glow in the dark, Mark. Truly they lasted, they lasted eight months. They lasted eight months. They lasted mm. longer than Aaron and Eden. They sure did. Um, anyway, so the house now, the, the other four couples who haven't received the lowest votes. Been saved me- by Australia. Yes, saved by Australia, get to vote on who they want to keep. And I think in both a testament, I don't think it was all gameplay. I do think it was partially a testament to how beloved Teddy was in that house, as was Mac, because it's a tied vote where even though Mac and Teddy, no feelings there at all, versus Millie and Mark, who are an actual couple, and declared it, they have been very open about this is we're coupling up for friendship. Everybody knows uh, Millie and Dave. What's his name? Mark. Millie and yeah. Mark. Millie and Mark have declared that they are sparky. They have the fanny flutters and the willy wiggles for each other. So genuine in inverted commas couple. And this is what happens. It is what happens. And interestingly, it's the Silicon Sisters um, who come through for Teddy and Mac here, uh, not the small naturals who were kind of, you know, Teddy's Teddy's ride or dies, but Millie on the other side, who's kind of one of the founding members of small naturals who they're up against, I think, is, is really getting the loyalty. But Eden, Aaron, um, and then Dom and Shelby will not budge uh, when Eden it comes. Eden threatens to them when they're when they're deadlocked and sent away to see if they can come to a unanimous uh, decision. Eden drags them all into the makeup room and threatens them if they change their vote. Yes. This this is obviously just after Eden has already got down in the face of Grant and 
and Taylor and already tried physically intimidating them. He now drags, yes, Dom and Shelby into a room and, and blatantly threatens them. <laughs> They're not allowed to change. Nobody's their changing. Nobody's backing down. <laughs> Nobody's backing down. <laughs> And so we reach this violent standoff. And so the, the pairs have to come to an agreement within themselves. So that's Millie and, and Victor Mark. And then our blessed Teddy and Mac, who's going to leave? And this was a touching moment, wasn't it, It was Sarah? lovely. It was one of the nicest two minutes in the 30 hours. It really it was. Genuine. was. It was genuine. It, yes. Very genuine, very sincere. Mac and Teddy, both lovely people, basically say, look, we don't even want to have a discussion about this because we've already talked about it. We're not getting in the way of true love and Millie sapping the blood out of the latest small male spider. She's entangled in her web. And then, you know, Millie gets an opportunity to take another dig at Eden and Erin. But then, oh, this was so sweet. Teddy actually gives a little speech to Australia about how authentic Grant and Taylor are as a couple and how they deserve the money. And again, Teddy, not Teddy. the brightest spark, but he really means well. And I and I think that, look, I don't think that that had no effect on uh, Grant and Taylor winning. Teddy no. looking down the barrel of the camera into the hearts of Australia. Absolutely. And we do see, I mean, you alluded to it earlier where they showed that conversation with Eden and Teddy and Teddy's reaction to it. The editors very clearly paint Eden and Aaron as the villains of this season, as um, they show a lot of kind of little snippets they didn't need to of Eden and Aaron talking about how much the win means to them and they want the money and how they're making things as game moves rather than authentic searches and appreciation for love. The editors did not want Eden and Aaron to win this season. Correct. I wonder right. if they might have lost a few votes mm. down the back of a sofa. Absolutely. No, it wasn't a stolen election. <laughs> Um, it's amazing that Grant and Taylor were voted by a public who knew it wasn't a real couple. I just think, oh, I love Australians. Yeah, that, like that is how awful this pair were. That yes. Grant and Taylor, who started out in a kind of scandalous way, were still getting in punch-ons, being awful. Grant was loathed for all of his gaslighting of Taylor throughout the season. Everybody knew it was fake, that he had a girlfriend back home, still beat out. Eden and Aaron. <laughs> That's how awful the others were. I think the only Teddy moment that I missed that I meant to touch on was actually with Amelia, Josh's boo, who said she really appreciated Teddy's intelligence and that <laughs> she felt like <laughs> she felt oh, like you took me by surprise. <laughs> he was the only person that she could uh have a real intelligent conversation with. Um, I think they were talking mm -hmm. about homeopathy or some other kind yes, of quack the law medicine. Of attraction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Teddy, really, he this is what I mean. He he shines above the rest in yes. the bar is in hell. Yes. <laughs> I was Teddy made me so happy in this 
stupid show, which I kind of really enjoyed. <laughs> I know. It was so refreshing after Big Brother. This was what was really strange, and I sent you a message sort of to this effect where, I mean, Love Island shits all over Big Brother Australia, House of Love, 18 sexy singles. <laughs> it's because it knows how to do it. This was it. There was this was season one. Sophie Monk is perfect. She's the host. Uh, there's a voiceover from an Irishman that is really funny and stupid and punny and made me so happy. And it's about coupling and it's about kissing and it's about proposing girlfriendship, boyfriendship, and it's about dates. They know exactly what they're doing. Whereas Big Brother, House of Love, just didn't know what it was doing. It wasn't Big Brother, but it wasn't a dating show, but it was a dating show, but it wasn't a dating show. It was absolutely dreadful. And I have to say, Annabelle, we are so pleased. Our fans, our listeners, our audience was so kind to us and have demanded that we do not watch the rest of the show. But we have been released from oh. having to watch the rest of the the rest of Big Brother. So our heartfelt thanks go to all of you listeners out there. The result is known. Spoiler alert, everyone. The twins who only counted as one person won. And people were actively rooting for that. Oh, my God, what was that god-awful blonde lady called that had like a fake-sounding name who oh, was really um... toxic? Milsey or something. Anyway. People were actively rooting for her to win. That's how awful the season got. <laughs> Once Gracie May went, I mean, justice oh, for Gracie May. Justice for Gracie May. So where are these people now? Grant yes. married to his real girlfriend. Taylor is actually married to some former AFL player who was disgraced after he was prosecuted for sharing non-consensually intimate images of another woman. Um, Eden and Erin lasted for two months before they broke up. Erin went public and said that um, Eden was incredibly aggressive towards her, threatened to kill her, some very other horrific things. All that Eden really disputed was that, well, he didn't actually put his hands on her. So it's, anyway, we hate Eden. He's now- it's still abuse. Still abuse. Spoiler. Still abuse. <laughs> Still abuse. Eden it's is like now... if a person smashes a plate next to you without touching you, that is violence. That is yes. violence. Threatening to kill someone, literally violence. Literally um, violence. Eden is now shacked up with a, a former maths contestant. They have a baby together and their relationship seems just as tumultuous. Um. Josh and Amelia, we said, dated for four years. Josh Josh has actually gone on to be quite successful. Um, did you see he's now hosting the wrap-up show of Love Island with Flex Mommy? Ah, he's a decent Ooh. bloke. That's his he's flavor. He's a decent bloke. That is his flavor. Was there anything else in the sort of after the show you wanted to talk about? No, just uh, why don't you tell the listeners about the Teddy Scam? Oh, Teddy. Oh, Teddy. 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 So, look, we addressed this during the Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition, but Teddy has been scammed, okay, because Teddy was running a very reasonable business mm -hmm. online where yes. he said, look, 
give me tens of thousands of your money mm-hmm. and I, Teddy, Teddy, a genius, an entrepreneur, business guru, will set up a site for you that's guaranteed to make you hugely successful. Because look guaranteed. at Guaranteed. I'm Teddy. When these people received a website that was full of <laughs> spelling mistakes, <laughs> they was for some bizarre reason shocked, <laughs> which begs belief. And so now, having knowingly purchased a website from Teddy, as the I great thought- Jess Lee said, more fool you. I mean, don't blame the victim, but more fool you. They are complaining about this. Teddy has been taken to court and he's having to sell. He's having to sell his precious Mercedes, Not the Mercedes. Oh, Teddy. 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 I'm telling you, if I got a website built by Teddy and it didn't have spelling mistakes, I would be suing because I'd I'd say there's no way. Yes, yes. I wanted a Teddy site. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's funny. We call it a scam, but all it was was he was just incompetent. Yeah. He, just took, money, he took money for something that he is patently not qualified for, for. Or to put it another way, people gave him money to do something he is patently not qualified for. I'm sorry about his Mercedes, but you know what? Teddy will get another Mercedes. Should we crowdfund for another Mercedes for Teddy? No. No. <laughs> no. Oh, Teddy, we'll miss you so much. Um, because I think we need to talk a little bit about what, what we really learnt from this season, Sarah. Oh, uh, yes, learnings, it, learnings. Learnings. Yes. Because Teddy's nothing if not educational. And while we love him, it was clear that he's not what, women want so what were your some of your key takeaways from love island australia season one on what a woman is looking for in a man what's the secret to love well i know what a girl's looking for in a boy can i tell you that yes sorry (laughs) sorry it's australian reality tv we're talking about here it's girls and boys only so tall tall and by tall we mean at least at least six six two. two So basically, I'm a girl. I want a boy whose job is tall. Yes. Tall and tradie hot. Tradie Um, hot. Bum. Must have a bum. And be a bit of a bum. Um, If he does the dishes, if he picks his socks up off the floor, that's camp, that's flamboyant. Yes. Because hyper-masculinity also. So really, really important. He needs How to have I, kind of aggressive, jealous yes. outbursts. How can I not, how can I express that I am in a relationship with a boy if I don't complain that he never does any dishes and I make the bed every day? Yes, absolutely. So therefore he absolutely. must not do any of those things. I must do them and then complain about it. And, you know, a, a wide criticism of Jackson um, was that he with was an ex. too, Jackson with an X, too complimentary and nice to the women. Mm-hmm. So something else we learn is that love can only be expressed in the form of elementary school level poetry. 
this this was something that ran throughout the entire season where if someone wanted to express their feelings to another person in the house, it needed to be done via a very crude four or six line rhyming poem. Did you enjoy Rhyme those, poem. Sarah? I did. I particularly enjoyed the one uh, that Amelia uh, said to Josh where he didn't know that she'd finished. <laughs> and he was looking at her attentively. She was looking at him and the editors let it go on in real time. And then eventually he said, oh, have, have you finished? <laughs> oh, roses are red, violets are blue. You know what I like about podcasting? Being with you. Oh, Sarah, that was too good. That was way too good. Oh, I, I must have had three or four. I even Put bad scansion in and you liked it. Three or four poems I listened to throughout my 30-hour experience. Oh my so good. Um, and they, yeah, they were truly terrible. Um, another, actually, I can't even remember which one of the, the, the boys it was. It might have been Jackson with an X. One of my favourite moments was him coming into the house and letting all the women know he's a misogynist. He was like, don't worry, ladies. You just need to know. I'm a misogynist. I really love women. I really respect just, women. Just and, such a and big 90%, 90% of the women, because these are people who have to pause before they read the word unanimous in the text mm -hmm. message, okay? We're just nodding along and being like, oh, yeah, so great. You're a mis mis misogynist. And I think it was. I think it was Millie who was like, no, no, misogynist means you hate women. That's not the word you mean. Oh, Jackson with an X. Oh, you you were in the show. Well done. Ironically, the women are all looking for raging misogynists on this yes. show, so he might yes. have done a lot better <laughs> if he had. If he'd been an actual misogynist. <laughs> Incredible. Yes. We learned so much. But what I'd like to learn, what are we doing next? Well, Sarah, we can't let our relationship with the Stallions end here. We still have our other king, Harry Jousey. We need to do the Harry Jousey Chronicles. Let's watch his season of Too Hot to Handle. I can't and wait. I all can't about wait. his boyfriend, Dick. Oh, I'm sure he's going to behave badly. I couldn't have borne it if Teddy had behaved badly, but somehow I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a bit Teflon to Harry. The Harry Jousey Chronicles also might contain some Dancing with the Stars gossip. Absolutely. We can't get Harry off our screens. Yes. So, Sarah, other than that, what have you got mm -hmm. going on? Uh, I, uh, here on Silent Podcasts, I've just finished covering... Squid Game, The Challenge with Mark Levy. So if you are watching it, have watched it, have a listen to our coverage. We had an absolutely fantastic time doing that. And we've got some interviews with Squid Gamers coming up over the next few weeks. So watch out for that. And something that you know about, Annabelle, The Traders UK Season 2 is dropping on the 3rd of January 
and Sean, Brian and I will be starting our show from the Fringe uh, before the end of the year. We'll have a pre-season um, episode, podcast episode with, no spoilers, the winner of the Traders New Zealand Season 1. I will not say their name uh, in case you have not seen that. Otherwise, you can hear me and Murray Forth every Tuesday with our True Crime Tuesdays on Crime Scene, S-E-E-N, and we'd like to have your ears on that. And what about you, Annabelle? Where can people hear you? Well, that all sounds amazing. I'm particularly excited for the exit interviews with Squid Game. <gasps> so I feel squid, like squid. the post-game content has almost been more exciting than the show Delicious. itself. And I love the show. Yes. So definitely tuning in for that. Well, you can all find me over on Babes on the Brink uh, with the lovely Chili Philly. We are doing deep dives with our favorite Traitors Canada contestants. We've just released our finale uh, wrap up. And let me tell you, that was a killer episode if you haven't watched it. Um, and our uh, deep dive with Leroy should be dropping any day now. We've got interviews with, with all your faves coming up over the next couple of weeks. So please subscribe to that. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Annabelle C-E. That's A-N-N-A-B-E-L-C-E. Well, thank you as always to Isaiah and the rest of the crew at Silent Podcast for letting us cover this nonsense. It's been so fun spending time with the Stallions. Until next time, toodaloo.